be connected. Fritz Bergeron, bloodandfaith.com. It's almost 1030. We'll get started here in a minute. I need to turn to Joshua chapter 10. We'll do a little review, and then uh, we'll move right on. 10.30 East Coast time. And uh, the theme today, this Sunday, is war. I'm just telling you, i got to warn you guys, war is here. It's not coming, it's here. And it's getting worse. Um, but, uh, okay, I get 10.30 now, so let me click this on button here. And uh, and we'll go from there. So yeah, welcome Jeremiah, Fritzbergen, BloodandFaith.com. It's Sunday morning, and we're, we're winding our way through the book of Joshua. Of course, I didn't bring my glasses here, so I can't read this, can I? Hang on a sec here. I gotta I gotta find him. Well, silly me. You know where they were. They were on top of my head. All right, Joshua chapter 10. So last Sunday, this is booming. This is noisy, but I guess that's a good feed out there for you guys. Um, we we are up to about the ninth or the 10th um, chapter of the book of Joshua, and this is the conquest. Uh, Moses died. Joshua took over. He went into the land. They captured Jericho. They captured Ai. They've done a lot of slaughter. And today, the slaughter continues. We heard about the kings, the five kings, that decided to come together to slaughter those who decided to submit to Joshua instead of fight. And they wanted to set an example so that other people wouldn't just give up and surrender to Joshua and the armies of Israel. And when we talk about Israel, I want you to understand that we're talking about the ancient nation of Israel, nation as in a, a blood group, as in the sons and daughters of a man named Israel who was born um, with the name of Jacob. So there's at least three or four Israels that we can talk about. One is um, Jacob, who's renamed Israel. Uh, and then we can talk about Israel, which are his offspring. They become a nation in the land of Egypt as, as slaves. And that common experience uh, helped make them into that nation that they, they became. Uh, the other Israel, the, the Israel of God, is the Church of Jesus Christ today. That ancient nation is is gone. There's a group of people that call themselves Israel. They call themselves Jews, but but they lie, according to Jesus Christ, Revelation two nine, Revelation three nine, um, and they have a country called Israel, but it's not. The Israel of God. The Israel of God are those of us in Jesus Christ. All right. Second thing that I got to point out Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He's the Alpha and the Omega. He's the beginning and the end. He's the source and origin of all things, and He's the purpose and destiny of all things. Before Abraham was born, I am, said Jesus Christ. Right now, is Joshua before or after Abraham? Long after Abraham. So if Jesus Christ existed, if Jesus Christ can say, I am, even before Abraham, he certainly is the I am during the time of Joshua, during the time of the invasion. Jesus Christ is the captain of the Lord's host. One of the things that I want you to take away from this morning is that Jesus Christ is not a nice guy. I, I know, I know I, I've been around the church folks my whole life. Okay, and I know that, that we, you know, Jesus is a nice guy. He loves you. He forgives you. He, he lets you go to heaven. He died for you. He heals you. 
he makes you rich. He makes you better looking. He, he makes the, the, the fat person skinny and the skinny person fat. And if you got kinky hair, he'll make it straight. If you got straight hair, he'll make it. He does every. He's the he's the he's the he's the candy cane god of heaven. And uh, you know, I read the holy scriptures. And I'm like, Jesus is not a nice guy. Sorry, he's not a nice guy. He's not a nice guy. He's not the candy cane god. He's not the cotton candy god. He's an, he's not the god that's going to give you everything that you hoped and dreamed and desired. He's not. Oh, Jesus is going to give me everything I dreamed of. No, 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 no. He said, you want to follow me? Pick up a cross. And, and you pick it up. Carry it yourself. I'm not going to have somebody else carry it. You carry your own uh, doggone it, cross. Jesus Christ is not a nice guy. And, and as, as we read this, this this morning, I think you'll understand that. You'll understand that more and more. And there's, there's two things you can do with this. And I've heard Christians talk this way. I, and it's, it's kind of embarrassing. But that's the way it is. And you, when you see what Jesus Christ is doing, you can be horrified and say, oh my God, that's not very Christian. Or, oh my God, if that's the, that's the God you're, you're, you're serving, I don't want to serve that God. And, and people do that, and that's fine. That's fine. And I'm telling you, there's, there's a movement to push in that direction that's stronger than you can believe. And it's in it, and I've talked about this. This is the 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 drive to accuse Jesus Christ of all of Satan's sins. I'm telling you, I'm telling you. That's why they have these sins. These are man-made sins. These are the traditions of men. Don't be racist, sexist, homophobic, transphobic, queerphobic, intolerant, divisive, anti-Semitic. Those are Satan's sins, and and the the goal of Satan and the seed of the serpent, his people, the, the Satan's babies, the devil's babies is to accuse Jesus Christ of heinous crimes and drive people away from him. I'm, I'm, I'm just, I'm flat out telling you. Flat out, and in a, in a, in it's working. Oh, Jesus Christ isn't racist. Really, salvation is based on blood. It's based on blood. If you don't have the blood of Jesus Christ, there's no salvation for you. There's the children of God, and there's the children of Satan. Oh, that's discrimination. Yeah, yes, it is. You're right. It is. Well, I don't believe in discrimination. Well, God does. He has his children, and, and the Satan has, has his children. You ever heard of the Great Judgment Day? All right. Getting off on, 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 on a little off track here. But as we read through this, understand that the Word of God is eternal. This Bible's not going away because it's inconvenient. Jesus Christ doesn't care if you think he's mean. He doesn't care. Doesn't care if you think he's mean. And 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 if you think I'm being an extremist, I but that's fine. I welcome that sentiment. I welcome that thought. I I, I want to be extremely loyal to the words of Jesus Christ. I want to be extremely loyal to his word, extremely loyal to his character. And we're going to understand the character of Jesus Christ as we read through the, the slaughters of the enemy this morning. It's bloody. It's brutal. And, and this is Jesus Christ. This is your Jesus Christ who's going to save you from the hour of trial, so many Christians say. And the purpose of life is to have a trial. The whole purpose of this life is to have a trial. That's why we go through this life. The, the purpose of this life is not to avoid trials. It's to engage in trials and to suffer and live by faith. It's a loyalty test to Jesus Christ. Are you loyal to Jesus Christ? All of life is a loyalty test. 
our, our entire existence on this earth is a loyalty test. Who are you loyal to? Are you loyal to Jesus Christ? Are you loyal to Jesus Christ and his words? Oh, I, I love G I'll just read the red. It, well, trust me, the, the red's just as bad as the black. If you want the nice guy, if you're looking for the nice guy. Jesus Christ is not a nice guy. I, no, stop, stop. Stop right there. He's not a nice guy. I'm, I'm telling you, and my heart's breaking, but Jesus Christ is not a nice guy. He's God Almighty. He's the judge of men's souls. And most people will end up in hell forever and ever and ever and ever. Is that a nice guy? Is that a nice guy? Oh, I thought he died for me. Oh, he did. Oh, he did. All the more reason for you to fear him because he's made a provision for your sins with his blood. And that's the only provision that there is. There is no other provision. Do not rely on Jesus Christ being a nice guy and somehow giving you a pass. He's not a nice guy. He's, 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 he's the, the God of heaven and earth. He's the captain of the Lord's host. And we're going to go through the, some of these scriptures this morning, and a lot of them aren't even in Joshua, and we're going to, we're going to hit them. But let's, let's get started. First of all, a little, little recap. So you got these five kings. They're going to go attack the Gibeonites. And it says, The Lord threw large stones from heaven on them, and they died. There were more who died from the hailstones than those whom the sons of Israel killed with the swords. The Lord who? The Lord Jesus Christ. The Lord Jesus Christ is, is throwing large hailstones at the enemy and killing them. The Lord Jesus Christ did this. And then verse 12, this is Joshua chapter uh, 10. Um, then Joshua spoke to the Lord in the day when the Lord delivered up the Amorites before the sons of the Israel. And he said in the sight of Israel, in the sight of the people, the nation, the ancient nation of Israel, O sun, stand still at Gibeon, and O moon in the valley of Aijalon. So the sun stood still, and the moon stopped until the nation avenged themselves upon their enemies. The sun stood still, and the moon stopped. They stopped moving. The sun and the moon stopped moving. Now, I know, I know. Somebody's going to say, well, that's not possible. Let me tell you something. I am, I am thrilled to stand on this scripture and brag about this scripture and declare this scripture and tell the whole world that the sun stopped on that day, and so did the moon. It stopped. Well, I just, I can't believe it. The moon's 93 million miles away. The sun's 93 million miles away, and it's, you know, 5 billion times bigger than here. The sun stopped. Don't you know who the devil is? He's the deceiver of nations. He's not the deceiver of, of Tommy and Sally and Susie and Karen. He deceives entire civilizations. He makes you think something is true that's not true. This is what the deceiver of the nations does. You think, oh, the devil made him do that horrible crime, you know, over there in Seattle uh, last Thursday, and they killed all those. Uh, listen, that's, that's, that's child's play. That's child's play for what Satan does. He deceives civilizations and empires and nations, plural. Nations, plural. He makes you think something that is true that is false and that something that is false is true. He deceives entire nations. And we're caught up in that right now in 2023. 
we're caught up right, right now in, in the 20th century, the 19th century, the 18th century, the 21st century. Satan deceives entire nations. You got to go back a, at least two centuries to, to find nations that truly believe that in the beginning God created the heavens and earth. Now people have time. God, God created heaven and earth. That's just a myth. It, the, the, everything about the universe that you think is true is probably false. Certainly everything you think about evolution, ev evolution is false. We did, we're not byproducts of time and chance. That's the deception that he brings to in, in many, many, many nations. The nations are deceived. Now, does he work through people? Yes, he works through his own children. Satan works through his children, just like God works through his children. Satan works through his synagogue, just like God works through his church. Oh, that's anti-Semitic. Yeah, it is. And 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 give me two portions, please, please. I, I want three plates full, very much. Thank you. I want to be where Jesus Christ is. I want to be where His Word is. I want to say what He said. God, God, there's going to be a lot of Christians that show up in the Judgment Day, and Jesus Christ is going to say, "Man, you were ashamed of my words. You were ashamed of what I said." He's going to say, "You were ashamed of what I said. You were ashamed of my words." Oh, God will forgive me. Mark 8, 38. He says, when I show up with my Father's heavenly angels, those of you who are ashamed of me and of my... He's very clear, very clear. It says it in Mark, it says it in Luke. He's very clear. And my words, and what I said. If you're ashamed of what I said, he said, I will be ashamed of you. It's, it's clear. Don't tell me Jesus Christ is a nice guy and he's just going to give you a pass. He's not a nice guy. He's not a nice guy. He's the judge. And he commanded Joshua to go in and do these things. Oh yeah, oh yeah, he did. He did shed his blood for you. He did die on that cross for you. Fear him. Jesus Christ said, first of all, he said, fear, don't, don't fear him who can kill the body. Don't fear that man. Fear him who can cast both body and soul alive into hell for eternity. Jesus Christ said that. Who can do that? It's Jesus Christ that does that. Jesus Christ is saying, hey, you need to fear me because I can throw your body and your soul alive into hell for all eternity. You need to fear me. That's what Jesus Christ said. Oh, that doesn't sound very Christian. What would Jesus do? That's not very nice. Yeah, well, that's that's what I'm saying. There's some misconceptions about the character of Jesus Christ. That he's the, the, the candy cane God in the sky. Well, I don't want to serve a God like that. He's me. Fine. Don't. Don't. Jesus Christ never positions himself to be acceptable to you, ever. The Almighty God never positions himself so that you find him acceptable. And the church has tried to play that game. Church has tried to do that. Church has tried to say, oh, yeah, never mind Jesus, the original Jesus. No, we got a new one. And he, they're ashamed of the words of Jesus Christ. And I, 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 I fear and I shudder. Because this dude's not a nice guy. You need to fear him. Jesus Christ said, Blessed are those who do not stumble because of me. Who those who blessed are those who are not offended because of me. You ought to be offended if if you're one of those sensitive types. Be offended by what Jesus Christ said. Man, the disciples were. Disciples like, what are we gonna do with you, Jesus? Can't take you anywhere. 
They're out there, and Jesus is mixing it up with the Pharisees. <laughs> Pharisees hated him, hated his guts. Jesus hated them. Pharisees, the disciples called Jesus, don't you know you're offending him? Come on, Jesus, you're offending him. Let's, you know, let's try. <laughs> try to be a little more diplomatic. Jesus says, hey, man, they're blind. They're blind guides. And being blind is more than just you can't see. It's an insult. It's saying you're unclean, you're unfit, you're unworthy. Can't bring a blind animal to sacrifice to God. So that was an insult on, on more than one level. And he, and he said, not only are they blind, and they're, they're going to fall into the pit. It says a pit. But he said, everybody that's, that, 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 they, that listens to them is going to fall into the same pit. Does Jesus love you? Yes, he does. Jesus forgive you of sin? Yes, he does. Does Jesus die for you? Yes, he did. But it's like that's the only only thing we want to talk about. And, and it's not done out of respect and fear of Jesus Christ. It's done out of the respect and the fear of man. That's why people do this. This is why Christians do this. This is why the church does this. It has nothing to do with honoring Jesus Christ. It has everything to do with being sensitive to the people that have rejected Jesus Christ already. Oh, let's make Jesus nicer. Maybe, maybe they'll come. Maybe they'll come to him. Jesus Christ never did that. All right. You're getting all kinds of stuff today, aren't you? All right. So before we get into the slaughter, it's 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 bloody. It's brutal. I want to remind you that this is not a one-off. Oh well, that was just for that time because those were really bad people. Yes, they were. They were really bad. They were demon worshiping people. They worship their god Satan. They were Satan worshipers, which the world is full of today. There's the synagogue of Satan out there. They worship Satan. The Canaanites worshipped Satan, and and we'll read some of it this morning. They had a town called Astaroth. Uh, they around Mount Hermon, the the Rephium, the the giants of old. The mixture of the evil seed. All right. Listen, Jesus loves you, okay? I'm not saying he doesn't love you. He died for you, shed his blood. His mercies are everlasting. He, he, he bore our burdens. He bore our sins in his body on the cross and by his stripes were healed. Yes, mercy and love, infinite. But it, but it doesn't mean anything if, unless you understand that he's also the judge and the jury and the executioner. If you understand the character and, and, and the wrath of God, the wrath of God, then all of a sudden that mercy means something. And, and you, you, got two, you got two choices. I'm telling, right now you've got two choices. You can either say, you know what, I don't want to serve a God like that. Fine, fine. Jesus Christ never positions himself to make him acceptable. What he, he does, quite the contrary. Quite the contrary. Eat my flesh and drink my blood. How does that go over in a sermon? Well, let's go listen to the new preacher. Eat my flesh and drink my blood. Oh, okay, never mind. And, and you know, <laughs> church closes before it even started. That's Jesus Christ. He goes up to he goes up to him goes up to the people. This is John chapter eight. It's it's, it's beautiful. I think John chapter six maybe. He says, "Look, I'm the bread. That, I am the bread that came down out of heaven. I'm it. I'm the bread that came down out of heaven. 
And they're like, huh? He said, I, I, I'm the rock. The, the water, the, he says, I am that rock that, that, or the, that the water flowed out of. I was with you all in that desert, says Jesus Christ. And and he, he, he tells these this, these people, and he, he says, "Look, you got to eat my flesh and drink my blood." Is that positioning himself to be acceptable and reasonable and logical and rational and level-headed? What do you mean? So the first Christians in the first couple centuries, people thought they're cannibals. They thought they're cannibals. They thought they're having cannibal ceremonies when they had communion because they're, this is the body of Jesus Christ. This is the blood of Jesus Christ. That's what we do with Holy Communion. And I'm becoming more Catholic on that every day. Jesus Christ said, take my flesh. Drink my blood. I said, okay, okay. I'm not going to try to dumb that down. Oh, it's just, you know, it's just symbolism. It's just, uh, you know, and we just remember things. Eat my flesh and drink my blood. That's what he said. Doesn't sound to me like a guy that's trying to position himself to uh, to make sense to you or me. All right. Is Jesus merciful? Yes. Is he compassionate? Yes. Did he shed his blood for us? Yes. Did he die for us? Yes. Did he rise from the dead? Yes. Is his love and mercy infinite? Yes. 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 Does he forgive all our sins? Yes. He forgives all of our sins. Even the bad ones. Yes, even the bad ones. Even the really bad ones. <laughs> All right. Here's a little story about Jesus Christ. Luke chapter 19, verse 20. I think it's 27. Here's what Jesus Christ says. These enemies of mine, who did not want me as their king, bring them here and slaughter them in front of me. This is the red. This is Jesus Christ. Oh, what would Jesus do? This is what he would do. But these enemies of mine who did not want me to reign over them, bring them here and slaughter them in front of me. I can't believe. I can't believe he said that. I just don't. I just can't accept it. Luke chapter 19, verse 27 or 21, one of the two. These enemies of mine who did not want me to reign over them, did not want me to be their king, bring them here and slaughter them in front of me. All right. You want another one? This is one of my favorite scriptures in the whole Bible. 1 Samuel 15, verse 37. And Samuel cut Agag into pieces before the Lord at Gilgal. God, I love that verse. I think King James has said that he used the word hewed. And Samuel hewed Agag into pieces before the Lord at Gilgal. Agag was a pagan king. He was of the synagogue of Satan. He was a pagan king. And Samuel, the prophet of God, hewed Agag to pieces before the Lord at Gilgal. Oh, a prophet of God would never do that. He's a godly man. He would never chop somebody up into little pieces. 1 Samuel 15, 37. And Samuel hewed Agag to pieces before the Lord at Gilgal. He actually hewed, chopped him up into pieces. Oh, I, I don't know about that. Oh, well, I do. I do know about that. That's what we're talking about. All right. How about 
good old Elijah. First Kings chapter 18, 39 and 40. So Elijah has a face-off with the prophets of Baal, the prophets of Satan from the synagogue of Satan. Hello. This ain't a new church that was started last week. Been, been around for a long, long time. Satan's had a seed. Had a seed. Jesus Christ identifies who the current seed is. When all the people saw this, they fell on their faces and they said, The Lord, He is God. Well, who's the Lord? It's Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ is God. The Lord Jesus Christ, He is God. The Lord Jesus Christ, He is God. People, they, they repented. They said, okay, we, the, you know, forget Baal. It's, we're serving Jesus Christ. We're serving Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ has been around since the beginning. He is the Creator. You didn't know Him by that name uh, before His incarnation, but He was still around. He was still there. Been around. Still around today. Then Elijah said to them, Oh, he was a nice pastor. A really kind man. He was a nice guy. Okay, here's the nice guy. Here's your nice guy. Then Elijah said to them, Seize the prophets of Baal. Do not let one of them escape. No mercy. No hesitation. No, we'll see in court. Seize the prophets of Baal. Do not let one escape. So they seized them, and Elijah... Elijah brought them down to the brook Kidron, and he slaughtered them there. Oh, but he was a, a Christian minister. He slaughtered them there. He was a servant. He was loyal to his master, Jesus Christ. This isn't, golly, guys, this is not a morality club. This is not, a, we didn't join a morality club. We didn't join a tom-tom club. We didn't, we didn't join a, a, a prayer breakfast. We've sworn an oath of allegiance to our King, Jesus Christ. And there's nothing that brooks that oath. There's nothing that comes between that oath and, and, and you and me and Jesus Christ. Nothing. We've sworn allegiance to Him. It's a personal and direct allegiance to our monarch, Jesus Christ. It's not a morality club. And the nature and character of Jesus Christ is, is fierce. It's fierce. He, there's love and there's mercy. But understand, the King David was a man after God's own heart. He was a man after God's own heart. I wish I was half the man David was. God, he, he, Saul came, killed his thousands. David killed his tens of thousands. Finally, God had to go to David and say, look, man, you're too bloody. I can't let you build my temple. I have to have your son Solomon do it. You know how Moses got his start in life, right? By the way, Moses was a good-looking guy, too. He, he said he was a beautiful child, a very beautiful child. It's funny how that runs through the whole line of, of the, the children of God. From Abraham on down. Abraham, Isaac, Jacob. All, all the ladies, Sarah, Rebecca, Rachel, Job's daughters, David, Moses. So your, your wonderful little nice religious guy takes all the prophets of Baal and he slaughters them. He slaughters them. Takes a sword out and he kills them all. Well, that's just two examples. All right. John chapter 2, verse 15. Jesus made a whip of cords 
and drove them out of the temple. Jesus went kinetic on people. Jesus got hands. Jesus went hands on. He got physical. He built a weapon. He made a weapon with his hands and he used it on people. Jesus Christ made a weapon and he beat people and drove them out of the temple. There's your nice guy, man. There's your nice guy. I'm telling you, I'm telling you, fear Jesus Christ. Fear him. Fear him. Yeah, I mean, thank God we you know, we we accept the blood and the forgiveness. But as we, as we saw in Leviticus, it's a lot of blood. It's it's a lot of blood. There's a lot of blood. It's very very personal. The, the the sacrifices and the atonement that had to happen for sin, massive amounts of blood, and 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 people had to be up close and personal. They had to, they had to put their their hands on the head of the animals as they were killing the animal. And you see the blood flow, and you could watch the spirit leave as, as, as they die. You've been around large mammals, even small mammals. You can watch the spirit leave if you watch their eyes. It, it, it just goes. It goes. And that's it. They're, they're, they're no more. Now, Jesus could have... You know, what do you, what do you say to... Uh, one of them, he said, look, I, you know, I can call forth 12 legions of my father's angels right at this very second if I wanted to. Jesus Christ has no problem with physical violence. Well, I don't know. That's, that's not, uh, it's not very Christian. What do, what do you guys think the, uh, what do you think the judgment state is going to be like? What do you think that's going to be like on the judgment day? When he, when he casts men into hell for all eternity. For all eternity. I mean, I, oh, I don't know. That's a mean God. I don't want to serve me. Listen, you don't have a choice. You're going to serve him. You will bow the knee to Jesus Christ. You will bow the knee to Jesus Christ. You will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. You will. You will. And you can hate, you can reject all you want. He's the Lord God Almighty. And he will say, hey, bring those men that didn't want me to be their king, slaughter them here in my presence. And then for all eternity, it's you're going to be in the bad place. Now, the good news is there, there is a provision, but it's in Jesus Christ. It's not your way. It's in Jesus Christ. There is no other way. There is no other way. There is no special way for other people. It's in Jesus Christ. All right, here's Jesus Christ. Like I said, we, we've dumbed him down not to honor him, but out of fear for people that reject him. We, we've tried to make him into the candy, the cotton candy God so we don't offend the unbeliever and the people that utterly reject him. We don't want to offend anybody. We'll offend Jesus Christ, but we don't want to offend the Antichrist. That's the thing. That's the thing that gets me. That's what gets me. The church will offend Jesus Christ, but they will not offend the Antichrist. Who's the Antichrist? 1 John 2.22. It's he who rejects the Father and the Son. That's, that is the Antichrist. Who's that? You know who it is. All right, so here's Jesus Christ. Revelation 19, verse 11. And I saw heaven opened, and behold, a white horse, and he who sat on it is called Faithful and True, and in righteousness he judges and wages war. He wages war. He wages war. Jesus Christ wages war. 
Jesus Christ wages war. Well, I, I, I don't know about all that. Well, that's why we're going through the scriptures. He has the armies following him. He, he's not, he's not a, a, a chair commander. He's not a couch commando sitting there, okay, go, go do this stuff. He's not out there you know, moving his thumbs on his Xbox. He's in front. He's in, the, the armies are behind him, not in front of him. He's, they're behind him. He's leading the charge. He's bloodthirsty. Oh, Jesus, isn't, he, how can you say that? About okay, here we go. From his mouth comes a sharp sword, so that with it he will rule the nations with a rod of iron. And he treads out the winepress of the fierce wrath of God. Jesus Christ does this himself. He, he treads out the winepress of the fierce, fierce wrath of God. Uh, fear him. Fear him. And, 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 and that blood that was shed for our sins means something, man. It means something. Because without it, all you, you only got one side of him, and it's not the good side. It's not the nice side. Well, I just don't believe that... Okay, well, here's another scripture. Luke chapter 22. Jesus is getting ready to leave. He knows his time is up. He's about ready to make the ultimate sacrifice. He's about ready to get tortured to death on a cross, to shed his blood. He's, he, he was the only perfect man. He's the only sinless, sinless man. There is no other sinless man. That's why he's the Redeemer. That's why he was born of a virgin. That's why he was conceived of by the Holy Ghost. He's not contaminated with Adam's sin. He becomes the he's the perfect sacrifice, who willingly shed his blood that you and I could live. And sometimes I think that the church so deprecates Jesus Christ, just makes him this this you know Mister Rogers, and we don't we 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 take his blood for granted. I know I have. I, I mean, I, you know, and, 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 and just, just so we're all on the same page here. Everything I say, I say to myself, okay? Because I'm not any better than anybody else out there. I'm, I'm really not. I'm probably a lot worse. But I got to say what I got to say. And nothing can stop that. All right. The sun stood still at Gibeon, and the moon in the valley of Ajalon. When men say that this can't happen, it's because they because Satan has deceived the nations, and he's created in in, in the minds of the nations an understanding of the universe and the world that is wrong, that is incorrect, that is false. Well, I just can't believe that the, the sun that's 93 million miles away and 5 million times the volume of the earth is just going to stop. So the sun stood still. The sun stood still. The sun stood still. Satan deceives nations so that what you think is real is false. And what you think is, 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 is false and a lie is really the real thing. I've mentioned the last few weeks that God created the earth two, three days later, then he creates the sun, the moon, and the stars. Well, I can't believe that. 
the honor we have in this life is being loyal to our king. How do you loyal to our king? You're loyal to his words. You're loyal to what he said. What an honor, man. Don't leave that behind. Don't try to make yourself acceptable to the Antichrist. Oh, the Antichrist is unhappy with me. I'll tell you that much. They're really mad at me. Because I'm digging deep and telling you what Jesus Christ said to them and about them. I, had a little, I put a little meme up on bloodandfaith.com. I'm straying. I'm sorry. It's it's a meme. It says, you know, it's a little cartoon characters. Who radicalized you? Who radicalized you, Fritz? And I lean close in, I look at this guy, and I say, the Holy Bible did. John 8, 44, Revelation 2, 9, Revelation 3, 9, 1 Thessalonians 2, 15. The Holy Scriptures radicalized me. I'm saying what my master said, and I'm standing with him. I'm standing with him. We have that honor in this life. Don't show up at the judgment day trying to hide behind some pillars, hide behind somebody else, saying, I, I don't. No, you have in this chance, in this life, a chance to say what Jesus Christ said and be proud of it. All right. Moving on. Is it not written in the book of Jashar? And the sun stopped in the middle of the sky and did not hasten to go down for about a whole day. There was no day like it before or after it when the Lord listened to the voice of a man for the Lord fought for Israel. Who's that Lord? It's Jesus Christ. It's Jesus Christ. I mean, this is a this is a big deal. This is Joshua chapter 10, 12, 13, 14. I mean, this is this is amazing, and it's preachers will go right by this. Oh well, yeah, yeah. Oh, and the sons of Tool, and let's move right along. Of course, they won't even talk about Joshua at all. They won't. Nobody's going to talk about Joshua because it, it, you know you look, you say this is this is who Jesus Christ. This is what Jesus Christ did. He didn't just tell Joshua did it. He partook of the activities. He threw hailstones down on people. He killed more people than Joshua's army. Jesus Christ killed more people than Joshua's army did. Oh, Jesus would never do it. Yes, he would. Yes, he did. Yes, he will. Be proud of our king. Be proud of our monarch. Be proud of our Lord. This is who he is. It kind of gives you a different understanding of who we are, doesn't it? And what might be expected of us. All right, so they caught these bad guys. They caught some kings. They threw them in a cave. And it came about when Joshua and the sons of Israel had finished slaying them with a very great slaughter, what did they do? They slew them with a very great slaughter. You're going you're gonna to get tired of hearing me say this, but I'm just reading it out of the Bible. No one uttered a word against any of the sons of Israel, which have nothing to do with the people that run around today calling themselves, you know what. So they brought the five kings out to Joshua, and he tells the officers, he said, go, hey, see these kings? All these great kings that you're, you're terrified of, great and mighty kings, put your feet on their neck. Put, put your foot on their neck. They're laying down on the floor. Stand on their necks. Well, that's not, that's not very diplomatic. Do not fear or be dismayed. Be strong and courageous. For thus the Lord will do to all your enemies with whom you fight. Afterwards, Joshua struck them and put them to death. And he hanged them on five trees, and they hung on the trees until evening. This is Joshua. This is the captain of the Lord's hosts. 
It was, it was the captain of the armies of Israel. Jesus Christ was the captain of, of the Lord's host of all the, the angelic armies. Verse 28, Now Joshua captured another town and struck it and its king with the edge of the sword. He utterly destroyed it and every person is who was in it. He left no survivor. Let me reread that. He utterly destroyed it and every person who was in it. He left no survivor. Oh, we're supposed to have mercy. He left no survivor. Moving on down, verse 30. Talks about a different place. The Lord gave it also with its king into the hands of Israel, and he struck it and every person who was in it with the edge of the sword, with the edge of the sword. He left no survivor in it. Thus he did to its king, just as he had done to the king of Jericho. This is the character and nature of Jesus Christ. And Joshua and all of Israel passed on from Libna and went to Lashish. And they fought against it. And the Lord gave Lashish into the hands of Israel. And he captured it on the second day. And he struck it and every person who was in it with the edge of the sword. According to all that he had done to Libna, he struck it and every person who was in it with the edge of the sword. After that, then Horam, king of Gezer, came up to help Lashish, and Joshua defeated him and his people until he had left him no survivor. Genocide. This is genocide. And? I'm, I'm, I'm with my monarch, buddy. I'm with my monarch. No apologies. Proud of what he did. Proud of what he said. Don't don't put your little satanic rules on 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 me or my king. Not gonna fly that way. Not going that down that route. Church has more respect for Satan's rules than, than they do for the character of God. So then they go on. Passed from Lashish to Eglon, and they camped by it and they fought against it. And they captured it on that day and struck it with the edge of the sword, and he utterly destroyed that day every person who was in it. He utterly destroyed that day every person who was in it. These are separate towns that they're slaughtering. This isn't repeating the same thing that happened, you know, one time. No, this, this, is, this is what's going on. Then Joshua and all Israel went up from Eglon, and they went to Hebron, and they fought against it, and they captured it, and they struck it and its king and all its cities and all its persons who were in it with the edge of the sword. He left no survivor, according to all that he had done to Eglon, and he utterly destroyed it and every person who was in it. Well, I, 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 uh, I'm telling you, man, fear him. Fear him. Fear this Jesus Christ. Fear him. All of life is a lo Who are you loyal to, man? Trying to build your own thing? Are you loyal to the king, the master? We need to be a nation and a race of men that are loyal to our king. We're going to rebuild Christian nations and races. Rebuild our race as European men with our monarch of Jesus Christ. And that same can... You say, well, I'm not white. How does it apply to me? Build your race, man. Build your race. You go get your brothers and sisters and you build a race that's loyal to Jesus Christ. Build a race that is loyal to Jesus Christ. And if that race, race starts with you and your woman, then let it start with them. 
build a bloodline loyal to Jesus Christ. This isn't a God, this is not a religion. It's not a morality club. We're loyal to the monarch. We're loyal to the creator. This isn't a, a, a little religious thing. We're loyal to our monarch, Jesus Christ. And this is who he is. And we have real enemies. We have real enemies. Satan has deceived us in thinking, oh, we live in a neutral world and we just, you know, there's a little, little Christian club over here, a little atheist club over there, a little Jewish club over there, a little Hindu club. No, 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 no. There's an eternal war that's going on. It's been going on since the fall. Genesis 3, 14 and 15. The Almighty, Jesus Christ, He says to the serpent, He says to Satan, He says, I'm going to make enmity, a hatred, a deep-seated hatred unto death between your children and the seed of the woman. Who's the seed of the woman? It's Jesus Christ and those in Jesus Christ. Oh, we wander around like we're you know, like we're all spiritual libertarians. Oh, we just each do our own thing. You think Satan's children think that way? I don't think so. That's not how they think about it. Well, what do you mean? Well, look, I'm not going to tell you what's out there, uh, but I will tell you what's in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John in the book of Acts. And, and, and all the epistles. And this is what I've been talking about at bloodandfaith.com. It's very, very consistent. I, I don't care if you believe everything out there on, on, on the internet. I focus on what the Holy Scriptures say. There's a very clear enemy. Very, very clear enemy. And, and, and there's, there, there can be no peace there. And, and we're getting slaughtered. We're getting slaughtered. And we don't even know it. We don't even know we're getting slaughtered. One of the reasons we're getting slaughtered is, is the church is afraid to say things that offend the seed of the serpent. Afraid to. Terrified. We're terrified of the Antichrist. Well, we can't say that. That'll offend him. The Bible says don't offend anybody. You're right, it does. There is, a, there is scriptures that say, you know, don't cause no offense. But you know what? That's what Satan did to Jesus Christ. Jesus, uh, the Bible says uh, you won't stumble, so why don't you just like jump off this cliff? Jesus Christ comes right back to me. You, tw you twisted little serpent, man. You, you take things and twist things. Even though, yeah, it is the Holy Scripture, but you're, 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 you're twisting it. You want to know who the most offensive man that ever lived? It's Jesus Christ. It's Jesus Christ. Extraordinarily offensive. Go ask the Pharisees. Offended them deeply. That just, even his disciples testify that Jesus Christ, you're offending these people. He offended those that followed him. He said, many were following him. He turns around and says, you eat my flesh, drink my blood. And they turn around and say, we're out of here, man. They're like, that's why Jesus Christ says, he's been blessed as he is not offended over me. He has plenty of reasons for you to be offended. And you know what? He makes it that way because there's one boss and he's, he's the boss. He's not your servant. Oh yes, but he watched the feet. I got it. I got it. I know that. He's the king. He's Lord. He's Lord God, the Almighty. And it is not for him to repaint himself every time somebody shows up and has a different opinion on the way God ought to be. God's painted a very clear picture of himself, and I'm reading about it to you this morning. I'm reading what he said to us. He said, here's the painting that I painted of myself. This is what I look like. This is who I am. This is my character. This is what I'm all about. And blessed are those who are not offended by 
who I am. People say, oh, we, 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 we got to repent. We have, we, we, if the church just repents, then maybe we'll have revival. I, I'll agree with that. But I know everybody wants to repent of they're smoking their cigarettes. Oh, if we just stop smoking cigarettes, God will send revival. No, 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 man. How about not being ashamed of the words that he spoke? How about that? That's where I'm coming from. Church doesn't believe what he says anymore. Church does not believe what Jesus Christ said anymore. Doesn't want what Jesus Christ said. The church does not want what Jesus Christ said. Doesn't want it. Does not want what Jesus Christ said. And how do I know this? Because I've been going to church my whole life, and you don't hear this from the pulpit. You don't. You do not hear this from the pulpit. We're going to say stuff that's going to be inoffensive to the to all the antichrists out there, inoffensive to the whole world. And if it's inoffensive, well, then, then we'll say it. And you think your pastor's brave because he'll come out, you know, once a year and, and denounce homosexual marriage. <laughs> I just want to, I don't know if I should laugh or I should, I should, I should, I should cry. We need to be proud of Jesus Christ. We need to be proud of his word, of all of his words, including right here in Joshua. He put these people to the sword. didn't let one of them live. Slaughtered them. Anything that drew breath was slaughtered. Men, women, children, babies, everything. Well, I just can't believe. Well, that's what I'm saying. Blessed are those that are not offended by me, said Jesus Christ. Because he knows people are offended by him. He knows that. He does not position himself to be inoffensive to anybody. You got it backwards. You got it completely backwards. We bow the knee to Jesus Christ. He doesn't bow the knee to us. All right, let's keep going. You like this slaughter stuff? Utterly destroyed every person who was in it. He left no survivor. He left no survivor, but he utterly destroyed all who breathed, just as the Lord, the God of Israel, had commanded. That's Joshua 10, verse 40. Joshua 10, verse 42. The Lord, the God of Israel, fought for Israel. The Lord, the God of Israel, fought for Israel. Who's this God? It's Jesus Christ. Then it came about, verse chapter 11, when Jabin, the king of Hazar, heard of it, that he sent Jobab, king of Madon. There's a lot of names in here. Anyway, his kings got together, and we said, this, this Joshua guy and his armies are pretty tough. We need to go have a, a grand alliance and fight against him. South of the Chinneroth, and the lowland, and on the heights of the door to the west, the Canaanite on the east, and on the west, and the Amorite, and the Hittite, and the Paradite, and the Jebusite, and the hill country, and the Hivite, at the foot of Mount Heron on the land of Mezpah. And they came out, they and all their armies with them, as many as the sand that is on the seashore. A lot of folks, man. Big million-man army. With very many horses and chariots. Heavy equipment, heavy armor, man. Abram's tanks were coming out. The whole nine yards, everything. Million-man army. So all the kings, having agreed to meet, they came and encamped together the waters of Merom to fight against Israel. Then the Lord said to Joshua, Do not be afraid of them, for tomorrow at this time I will deliver all of them slain before Israel. And he even became a tyrant. At this time tomorrow I will deliver all of them slain. Ho! You shall hamstring their horses and burn their chariots with fire. So Joshua and all the people of war, they came upon them suddenly by the waters of Merom and attacked them. The Lord delivered them into the hand of Israel so that they defeated them and pursued them as far as great Sidon 
and Mishrafoth Maim in the valley of Mizpah to the east, and they struck them until no survivor was left to them. They struck them until there was no survivors. Slaughtered every one of them. No prisoners, baby. There ain't no prisoners here. If you've noticed this, there are no prisoners. Well, this is just, uh, you know, spiritually, uh, you know, uh, uh, and, and you're out there searching for a spiritual interpretation of it. No, real people died. Real men were slaughtered. Real men slaughtered real men. And Jesus Christ was in the midst. He was slaughtering them too. Who do you think was throwing the hailstones down from heaven to kill people? It was the Lord. You, you, you think, you know, people over-spiritualize everything. And this is why, you know, one of, one of the signs of the Antichrist is, well, you know, is, is Jesus Christ just some spirit out there? No, man, Jesus Christ came in the flesh. Jesus Christ has already come in the flesh. The flesh is very real. Jesus Christ, already, one, one of the identifying marks of the Antichrist is he who denies that the, that the Christ has already come in the flesh. Well, there's a certain people that denies that the Messiah has, has, has yet to come. He says, oh, no, he hasn't come yet. No, no, no. That that's, fits the definition of Antichrist. Well, I just can't, can't believe you're saying that. Well, stick around, bloodandfake.com. There's a lot there. All right. Northern Palestine is taken. I read out of the New American Standard, generally speaking, but I always go to BibleGateway.com, and I, I'll check different versions, and I enjoy going to the, uh, uh, looking at the Greek translations, and, and I, I enjoy that very much. All right. They struck every person. And they, then, then Joshua turned back at that time, and he captured Hazor and struck its king with a sword, for Hazor formerly was the head of all these kingdoms. They struck every person who was in it with the edge of the sword. This isn't a spiritual battle. They're, they're striking people with the sword and they're killing them. There's nothing spiritual about this. They're killing them, utterly destroying them, and there was no one left who breathed. There was no one left who breathed. This really, really happened. And he burned Hazor with fire. Joshua captured all the cities of these kings and all their kings, and he struck them with the edge of the sword and utterly destroyed them, just as Moses, the servant of the Lord, had commanded. This is real. This happened. It happened by the hand of Joshua and the nation of Israel under the direct supervision and instruction of Jesus Christ who participated in the, in, in, in the battle by casting down hailstones and killing more people than the army of Israel did. Don't tell me that Jesus is Mr. Rogers. Jesus is not Mr. Rogers. Verse 14, chapter 11, Joshua. All the spoil of these cities and, and cattle the sons of Israel took as their plunder, but they struck every man with the edge of the sword until they destroyed them, and they left no one who breathed. Well, that's Joshua took all the land, the hill country and all the negatives, all the land of Goshen, the lowland, the Arabah, the hill country. And he captured all their kings and struck them down and put them to death. Verse 18, Joshua waged war a long time with all these kings. There was not a city which made peace with the sons of Israel except the Hivites living at Gibeon. We talked about that last Sunday. They took them all in a battle, for it was the Lord to harden their hearts to meet Israel in battle in order that he might utterly destroy them, that he might receive that they might receive no mercy. This is Jesus Christ. 
This is Jesus Christ. For it was the Lord to harden their hearts. It was the Lord Jesus Christ that hardened their hearts to meet Israel in battle in order that He might utterly destroy them, that they might receive no mercy, but that He might destroy them just as the Lord had commanded Moses. Verse 21, Joshua came at that time and cut off the Anakim from the hill country. Anakim, okay, this, now we're getting to the giants. The giants are that, that evil seed. Genesis 6, 1 through 4. That's a different, whole different thing. For all the hill country of Israel, Joshua utterly destroyed them with their cities, and there were no Anakim left in the, lands, the land of the sons of Israel. Only in Gaza and Gath and Ashdod some remained. So Joshua took the whole land according to all that the Lord had spoken to Moses. And Joshua gave it for an inheritance to Israel according to the divisions of the tribes. Thus the land had rest for more. Now, we're going to stop here. Next week we're going to talk about borders. But as we contemplate, you know, the, if you, you, you know, what's God like? Read the Holy Scriptures. Read them all. And, and they all tell the same story, but you gotta, you got to... That's why you spend your time in the Word. We are in a time of war in the United States and around the world. I, I, talked, I, had, I did an early morning podcast this morning. I might do an after show. There's war in Europe. There's war in the United States. And, and the church is blind. The church thinks there's no war. The church thinks there's not a war going on. The third church thinks everything's just fine. They're waiting to get raptured. They think they're doing fine. They think we live in a free country. They, they think they can do... You know why the church thinks they can, they, they can do what they want to do? Because they've already bent the knee to the Antichrist. And they won't say things that are offensive to the Antichrist. They won't say things that Jesus Christ did. They won't say things that are in the Holy Scriptures. And that, that still won't be enough. They're coming for slaughter. I mean biological, physical slaughter. This thing that you, you jabbed in your arm, it's killing people. It's not the unvaxxed that are dropping dead suddenly. It's the vaxxed. The jabbed. Famine is coming. We're, we're, we're going to have a famine. We're going to have massive famine around the world. United States too. Are you, all these food places burning down? All right, I'm getting off topic. I'm just warning you. War's here. Fritz Bergen, bloodandfaith.com. Uh, good to hear you all. But signing off now. All right. Bye-bye.